there's no need to, to create that kind of synergy with someone that doesn't want it in the first place and is thinking in their head, oh, here we go, another sales guy that thinks that he's my best friend now, right? So stop lying to yourself about that. Hey guys, we have the Dale Dupree here with us. You know, Dale Dupree, I've been following his content on LinkedIn for the longest time. He's the leader of the movement, the Sales Rebellion, right? And he started his career, not started his career, but he was, he is the copier warrior, right? The only copier warrior that wields a lightsaber, okay? So Dale, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, so I love your content. You know, you try to put in some humor. You try to be as human as possible. And sometimes, you know, you are, uh, how to say, unconventional when it comes to sales tactics. That's why uh, I, I really love your content, right? Thanks. So Thanks. <laughs> I, I think I was just listening to one of your interviews. Like, um, you know, you have this framework for cold calling. So when it comes to sales, like for my listeners, a lot of times it is, um, we are trying to reach someone who does not know us, right? We're trying to go through right. us, trying to reach someone. So a lot of times we're doing outbound and a lot of times we're doing cold calling. But I like your framework for cold calling, which you call reason, right? Right. Right. So so what what is you know your the framework for reason? Yeah, so before I get into that, I just want to kind of back up your statement a little bit, which is that the concept of a cold call is that you don't know somebody. So people get ticked off when they hear the word, the word cold call these days, right? They think, oh, there's so many better ways. But here's the problem is that they have to understand the premise behind the outreach in the first place. They, they, also, they have to understand that no matter what, even if you think you're warming the call up, the person still doesn't know you right? You're still a stranger to them to some capacity. So even if you wrote them a real nice personalized email, who are you? They don't know who you are. You haven't been around for their kids' birthdays. You didn't go see them play softball growing up. You weren't one of their friends down the block that they skateboarded with, you know, every once in a while in the summer, right? Like you were no, you're nothing, you're nobody. You're irrelevant to their life. So when, when we do reach out to people, typically they tend to gravitate toward what are we selling? almost immediately, no matter how warm or how cold the call, right? So regardless of the way that people look at, 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 at the actual action of outreach, I think the most important people for, thing for people to hear right now is that when someone doesn't know you, that's why you need a framework in the first place, right? And so reason is to radically educate and share one's narrative. It goes back to this premise of how do we build relationships from the ground up? Right. You know, when you were a kid and, and you were down the block meeting a friend for the first time in the neighborhood, you know, playing tag, whatever it might have been, you didn't walk up to them and say, hey, my name is Bob and I, you know, offer financial freedom and here's a pamphlet with all my information and can I go ahead and get you signed up for $7.99 a month? I mean, that's not how we roll, right, mm -hmm. as human beings. You know, I personally believe that we weren't created to work from eight to five. It's unnatural to some extent for us as humans. The way that we have created this society and are adapting to it to begin with is very unnatural for us. And so to give people an experience that takes them out of that realm, that gets them away from the thought of work and business and all the things that come with it, right? The stress, the anxiety, all the drama, that is the best way to perform a cold call. And, and so the radical education portion of the front side of the pitch is a couple of things. Number one, it's, it's telling the truth. 
right? So sometimes in your cold call, it's just better to tell somebody, listen, I'm just another sales guy to you, but to me, I'm, I'm something different, right? I'm super passionate about what I do. This is the mindset that we have to have, right? I want to be the best copier salesman was, was how I went to work every day. I will be the best copier salesman. And the only way to do that is to, to, uh, incorporate the rest of the, the framework. A stands for attention, S for story, O for outline, and then N for nuance. And, and again, the concept of taking people on an adventure, mm. right? Getting them out of the boring and monotonous eight to five mindset and allowing them to kind of check out for a moment with you. The person that they're about to get to know, right? Who prior to, they have no idea who you are and they have no desire to know, right? Because mm. even with those personalized emails, like I was stating, they still tend to gravitate towards your product, right? So that's the concept of reason. Yeah. So uh, just to dial back a bit, so you were doing cold calling, you know, back in your copier days. Do you still do them today? I do. Yeah. Because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I remember that you, when you were a copier warrior, you used to go do a lot of cold calls. You used to do door to door. You used to do like, I think call it geography wandering. I used to wander around yes. your city, right? Yes. So um, just to talk to someone, maybe as a consultant or maybe as a normal person who has not done so much sales, right? One of the things that we have to overcome is to overcome that is to have courage to knock on people's doors, is to yes. have courage to cold call someone. So how, how did you eventually build up that courage to do all that? Courage is a principle that we must live by, right? And, and the idea is this, is that, and you have to tell yourself this every day, people deserve what I bring to the table. It's not so, and that doesn't make it so much about you as much as it makes it about them. Because in the middle of the rejection, you can say to yourself, they don't know who I am. And so it's, so it's okay that they're treating me like this because they haven't yet realized what I can do for them. Right. And if we keep that mindset, that mentality throughout the day, especially for all my SDRs and BDRs listening right now that have to sit in a cubicle and dial 300 people every day, it sucks. Right. But yeah. if, if you can, if you can latch yourself, you know, toward a community that you're, that you're trying to build and not so much a list that you're dialing on, have these differentiators that, that are causing you to think differently and to believe more in who it is that you are and what you're doing to be courageous. Uh, it's not as difficult as people make it seem. It's also not a fairy tale concept either. It's as simple as standing on the side of the road and somebody dropping uh, you know, their bag of groceries and helping them pick it up. There's courage in that, right? There's courage in driving your car on the way home from work on the highway. And as every hundreds of cars you know, pass you by, you see a, a person, you know, a young lady pulled over to the right trying to change a tire and she's, you know, 18 years old and just got her driver's license and you stop to help. There's courage in that. Hmm. It's the concept of really just going out of our way is what courage is. And so when you're pulling doors or you're dialing numbers and, and, and you get this feeling of, ah, I just don't think this would be somebody that would want to talk to me. That is, that is a negative mindset, right? And it's not courageous at all. The concept should always be, what could happen in these moments that I don't know about? And look, maybe you get hung up on, so what? You know, the, the idea is, is that if, if you're not learning from those types of encounters as well too, and not having them in the first place, you can't get better, 
right? So I like to just tell reps that, listen, if you're going to be doing the dials and you want to be courageous, the concept is, is that to start to step outside the box in mm-hmm. your talk track. So you've done a, you've done a 300 dials week in and week out, and you stick to a pretty simplistic talk track. You get some pretty good results from it. Hey, guess what? Today, forget it. Do something different. Tomorrow, forget that. Do something different, and start to become more authentic in your walk and your and that courage of you know that courage that people talk about that they inherently have in some cases. You will find it yourself, and you will be able to lead by example. Yeah, thanks for that, Dale. Um, I think. You said somewhere you talk about BDRs and sales reps. Um, you said you know don't call make thirty calls because your boss told you to. You know make thirty uh, uh, find thirty people and educate them. So just share with my audience uh, how the how do you educate you know your leads? Yeah, you know it's first of all when we're calling on people we have to understand the roles within the company that we're calling on right so when you're calling a receptionist you need to understand number one they're a human they're not a gatekeeper take the mindset of all this negative stuff that we've built around that person away because the more you lead into that the more you think you're just blocking me you want the worst for me that's not none of that's true the more you create negativity inside of the call to begin with and it will most likely fail but if we if we understand though that their role it, as a receptionist is to get us on off the phone as fast as possible to the person we need to speak to, right? That's their job when they pick up the phone. You know, are they supposed to be screening calls? Yes, right, to an extent they are. So it's why they ask your name and your information. Have fun with it, right? You know, so if I was talking to a receptionist as the copier warrior, they, I would, you know, I would say, hey, I was calling for Kevin. Right. As simple as that, you know, no. Hi, how are you? How's it going? How's your morning? You know, that there's no need to, to create that kind of synergy with someone that doesn't want it in the first place and is thinking in their head, oh, here we go. Another sales guy that thinks that he's my best friend now. Right. So stop lying to yourself about those things. Hey, is Kevin there? Hey, I'm calling for Kevin. Hey, did Kevin get in this morning yet? Right. You know, this idea of just going exactly to where you need to to begin with. And then when they say, sure, may I ask who's calling? You know, I, I told him every time. Yeah, just say it's the copier warrior. He knows who I am. That's how that's how I did it every time. And I'll tell you right now that whether I knew they that that they knew who I was or not was questionable to some extent. And so I'm and I'm definitely not advocating for being disingenuous or lying. However, I had because of my radical education process inside of my reason theory, I had already been doing things behind the scenes, inactive or passively, as we like to say, to get Kevin's attention. Mm. And everything had the copier warrior on it, no matter what it was, whether it was a crumpled letter. I was connecting with them on LinkedIn, sending video. It was all nuanced to the copier warrior. So regardless of whether or not we had made direct connection, I knew that Kevin knew who I was to some capacity. Maybe not who Dale Dupree was, but he knew who the copier warrior was. <laughs> so I, I like the term the copier warrior, right? It sounds like a superhero. Sounds like a Marvel comic book character. So, so what is the importance of a brand? I see it as a brand. So what's the importance of a brand for a salesperson? Yeah, a brand is everything. I mean, you, the audience can't see us. I'm pretty sure this is just a podcast, an I audio podcast. Video, but video. Cool. So, so I've, I've got my, my branded hat on right now for the sales rebellion. You know, and I walk around in this thing. I'm about to give a presentation in this thing. The idea is, is that people need to be healthily indoctrinated by your passion. People need to understand that you're not just a salesperson. You're not just looking to make a commission check, but you're looking to impact and change the lives of those around you. And that might sound crazy, bro, but let me tell you a quick story. My father was a copier salesman. 
for 29 years, he ran his own business and he spent about 10 years outside of running his own business as a copier sales rep. So for almost 40 years, my father was in the copier industry. And when my dad died of cancer back in 2016, and I stood up to give the eulogy, dude, there wasn't an empty seat. There wasn't a place to stand. There wasn't a place to lay down on top of people, right? There was no room. The hallway was still packed with people coming in. It was one of the craziest scenes that you'd ever seen in your life. Thousand plus people to pay respects to a man that was their legend, that was their hero, that was their mentor, that was their family in some instances. But I'll tell you that more than 50% of the people in that room, bro, were his, his clients. They were the people that bought from him. People came up to us throughout the day afterwards and said, you, you don't know me and I met you when you were this big and, you're, and you were, came with your dad to clear a paper jam out of my copier on a weekend because that's what your dad did for me. That your dad cared about me and I cared about your dad too. He changed my life. You know, people gave us some pretty wild stories, man. Some that I definitely will keep personal and won't repeat, uh, but that touched, touched me and impacted me about personal struggle and sacrifice. And, you know, even you know, this, the subject of suicide, as a matter of fact, and my father being there and, and understanding that what's most important is human life, right? What's most important is, is this walk that we have on this earth together that we should cherish for one another and that we should we should be in love with, right? The, the business process sucks because we have created a business process. We need to get back to relationship building. We need to get back to the concept of viewing business as, as romantic, right? In a strictly platonic way, but in a way that exudes love, right? To romanticize the sale is the best way to create success for yourself. Wow, that's good, right? So it's about going back to relationships before the internet, you know, I think hundred years ago, people used to buy from the grocery store because that's where everyone knows everyone's name. So right. going back to the basics, I think what your father did was instead of, you know, looking at people as leads, as prospects, you know, you are being part of the community and everyone has a part to play in the community. So that's the best way to do sales. So, Absolutely. So I think I'll go back to something a bit more lighthearted. So, so I've seen some of your brand, you use humor, you hold a lightsaber against a copier machine. So, so what's the importance of, you know, how do you use humor, you know, to do sales? So humor is one of the key elements of sales. And the thing is, is that people look at it as if it's somehow unprofessional, but, but it's not at all. It can be used in a very dry way. It can be used in a very passive way as well, too. The idea, though, is that, like sarcasm is a great way to, to infuse humor into proposals, into presentations, into discovery sessions. There's a lot of different ways that you can get someone to smile. And that's all it is. Humor is just the concept of allowing someone to lightheartedly open up to you and to interact with you. you know, we look at humor too much as you know, Comedy Central and South Park, you know, and not to say that those aren't funny shows and, and programs, right? But, um, but the idea is, is that humor truly is a connector between us. You know, when, when someone tells the story of the trip that they took and they've been gone for like three weeks, you know, they might say, oh my gosh, this view was so good and that, but then they'll go, but you got to hear this story. And when they tell that story, 99% of the time, it has some element of humor in it, right? And then, and then thereafter, the stories that they tell have humor in them. 
right? Everybody listening to this right now can think of that instance that I'm talking about even. That place in your life where something happened so significant but was hilarious all at the same time, right? That place in your life where you bonded with another human being or a group of human beings where humor was, was the infectious piece of the puzzle that made you sit back and say, you know what, like I could care less about what this person believes or what they think or how, how they act or what color their skin is. I love them for who they are. I love the foundation of communication. I love the human that I'm speaking to and not you know, judging people by the content of what comes out of their mouth from the perspective of, oh, we're in business and so you're not supposed to be using humor. Or deep down inside, you're laughing and you're like, that was actually pretty good. You know, it's this veil, as I like to call it in the sales world, that we all wear because, again, we need to make sure that we're being business enough for everybody that we speak with. Mm-hmm. Business is a cop out for everybody. It's a cop out for the buyer, it's a cop out for your boss, it's a cop out for the salesperson. I'm sick and tired of hearing it, right? We need to transcend it. It's time. It's the year is 2020. You can go on and literally see everything about a person's life. Celebrities, regular, everyday civilian, you know, a military member, somebody in the medical profession. You can literally watch them live their lives through social media channels. You know, there's, there's six, seven major platforms now that do it. And, and we're still sitting here somehow separating who we are and, and what we love from business. It's nuts to me. Mm. So yeah, it's important to be authentic and be a human being when selling, right? Absolutely. So uh, I think um, one of the techniques that I love, I downloaded the crumpled letter technique. So it's quite an interesting technique. Can you tell my audience what it is? Of course. Thanks for downloading that too, bro. I appreciate that. So it's actually a letter campaign is the concept here. So there's a coffee stain letter. There's a letter traveled around the world. There's a pre-burnt letter. And you're probably hearing these things and starting to think, oh, okay, I got you here. So if, if, if you don't, this is the premise. It, two things. Number one, it's, it's, it's extremely important to cause curiosity in the person that we're inter- engaging with, right? Unless they're curious, just like we have to be inquisitive as salespeople, unless they are curious as well, there's really not a lot of synergy. It's very transactional if that's the case. So at at the same time too, also, it's important to give somebody an experience, something they can touch, something they can feel, something they can see, something they can smell. So imagine that a letter shows up with a bunch of burn stains on it and it says, you know, that there's firewood kindle inside, you know, and they're thinking this is a, a letter. They open it up, they see more burns on the page as if I tried to burn it before I sent it to them and they can smell that sulfur, that burning smell, right? And they start to read this letter and it simply states to them an interruption to what they're typically used to from a sales perspective, because at this point they don't even know what to expect. Hmm. But as I, I literally state to them the purpose of the document, you know, and why it is that I've sent it to them in the first place and, and why it is that they should talk to me, right? Giving them the option, obvious through, obviously throughout it for a couple of different outcomes, you know, and again, I'll let the audience put together what one of those options are. But the, the idea, again, is that we're trying to create connections, right? So we have students all over the world at this point that, that some that are paying, some that are just like yourself that are just downloading some of those things for free and utilizing them to get appointments. But we heard a great story recently, two great stories recently. Hmm. One was that a student uh, that is a paying student, he actually set an appointment with a Fortune 500 company using the cadence. He had to send him two letters 
And on the second letter, the guy went to the landing page that we created. There was a way to get to it through the letter. So digitally, he was converted. He went to a calendar uh, uh, button and option and booked time on the reps calendar, Fortune 500 C-level executive, okay? So everybody listening right now, I dare you to do that, right? That's what I, that's what I tell everybody. I dare you to get an appointment with a C-level executive using our technique. It's, it's, it's definitely one of the, out of Fortune 500, it's definitely one of the best stories we've heard so far, but I'll tell you straight up right now that I created this whole process and these patterns based on my own experiences, right? Based on what I did as the copier warrior. So I already know what the success looks like, right? But we got another rep that, that had told me a great conversation that the buyer had had with him, which was, you know what? I just want to be blunt with you. I've already got a bid for, for your product. I've got four and, and I'm, I'm already going with one of these people, but I like you. I like what you've done here. I like this experience you gave me. I want to do something with you. If as long as there's not something weird here that I'm missing, right? That's the kind of emotion that, that, that exudes from people that we pull and draw from people when we use the letter campaign technique. Anybody wanting to learn more about it too, it's super easy. They can just go to crumpledletter.com and it can find the entire um, system. And you can download one of the letters for free. And then the, if you want to have the whole campaign, you can buy it after that. We don't care which one you do. We just want you to be successful. Cool stuff. So yeah, uh, last question uh, before we wrap up. Um, so this content will be distributed on LinkedIn. That's where, where we met as well. So I liked your latest podcast, you know, where you talk about how you made your LinkedIn sales. So can you share some stories of selling on LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn is so much fun. You know, I mean, for everybody listening, I launched the Sales Rebellion because of LinkedIn. It brought a, a handful of people to my door that were saying, why, why don't you train my team? Why don't you stop selling copiers and come train my teams? And, and that ignited something for me. I said, you know, I've always wanted to, to be a bigger impact on my community and not just my backyard. I wanted to be somebody that was, that, that was able to breathe life and instill hope into people away you know from my territories that that were outside of my reach and linkedin is what created that the ability to do that i have conversations with people in the uk and and over in in um, iceland i have conversations with people in canada down in mexico all the way to australia new zealand japan i mean you name it like people everywhere around the world can get in touch with me and it's, it's pretty awesome to see and so for the sales rebellion, 99% of our sales come from LinkedIn, literally. Mm -hmm. So whether we put them through an outbound campaign process or we allow them to come in through inbound and the inbound portion of it is probably 80% of that. So, which is pretty wild to think, right? But we've created a systematic way to get people interested and to reach out. And, and the idea here is, is that that's a very easy sale, right? It's the kind of sale that we're all looking for because it's mutual when it comes down to, I would like to train, you would like to have training. It's as simple as that. We complicate sales too much, right? We, we truly do. A hundred ways to close a sale is a bunch of BS, right? There's, there's one end goal in mind, right? To buy mm -hmm. for us and, and for the buyer to, to get something that will help them and elevate them to the next level, whether it's with their business or them personally, right? There's one end goal in mind. So 
LinkedIn is interesting because a lot of people spam. A lot of people send way too many messages, way too many connection requests. I tell people, get in the content. Head over to your prospect's page. Who cares if they post content themselves? Go to all activity, folks. Here's a big one that I don't talk about publicly, right? This is, and I'm sure some of you have already thought of this because it's not rocket science, folks, right? But head to all activity and go find what they comment on. Go find what they like and start showing up and the influencers pages that they are typically going to see or their colleagues that they support on LinkedIn, go show up in their comments, right? Start to surround your prospect in a way that's a little bit more appealing instead of this direct approach of, hey, I sell this, you wanna talk. Hey, I made a video for you and if you accept my request, I'll send it to you. I don't, I don't care. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who are you? So, so it, it comes back to that whole concept of how do people get to know each other? Right. And content sharing is just like eavesdropping in on a conversation. That's all it is. You know, if you've ever been to a restaurant, you heard this great conversation going on. And when you got up to leave, you said, I have to introduce myself. I don't know why, but I'm being called to it. You know, that's divinity in my opinion, in my eyes. And I've done that a million times. Right. And I've had people do it to me. Hey, I don't know who you are, but my name's Chad. And I heard you talking and I just wanted to introduce myself sit down, Chad. You know, I mean, that's typically what happens, right? So imagine doing that in the comment section of other people's content and getting engaged and involved with the people that, again, your buyer engages with. It doesn't necessarily need to be directly to your buyer. You know, maybe they share crappy content. I don't know. <laughs> there's no, there's no need to, to let that be your limiting factor though mm. and say, oh, okay, well now I got to message them, right? There are other ways. There are absolutely other ways. All right. Thanks for that, Dale. So before we go, I, do you want to tell our audience what's the Sales Rebellion? Yeah, sure. You guys can head over to salesrebellion.com if you want to learn more about us. But we're a training and development program. I should say company. We have training and development programs. Uh, but really, we're a movement. That's what I want people to understand. We're here to enable the folks that want to change the game and to rise up against the status quo. The idea of what we stand for is more than just pay me and I'll train you. The idea of what we stand for is how can we enable you? How can we create difference inside of the B2B world? How can we as a community rise, right? And, and look, if we fall, we fall together in that case. It's about community. It's about giving reps, giving salespeople a way to check out of being alone, right? Sales is a lonely, lonely road, right? It doesn't have to be. We've got your back. We believe in you. Come bounce ideas off of us. Come engage in our community. Come jump into the content. Come bring your ideas for other people to learn from as well, too. Come be a part of the conversation. You know, but we also have things like the letter campaign that are for sale. And we have a brick campaign, too, that some people don't know about. And maybe they do. And now they're going to go try to find it, right? So we believe in this concept of creating pattern interruptions through marketing, right? We believe in this concept of creating this curiosity spark inside of our prospects. That's what the sales rebellion truly is. It's, it's Disney for salespeople and a community for salespeople all at the same time. And when I say Disney, think of this. When you go and you check into the line at Disney, right? It, are you ever bored? Are you always just looking around? It, even if you gotta wait an hour to get on the roller coaster, right? Are you, are you ever in a place where you hate what's happening? No, you love it, right? And salespeople need to start taking that mindset more often. So. When you're on the website, you can find training information, curriculum. Uh, you can even find my cell phone on the website. A lot of people don't know that either. But connect with me on LinkedIn. Find me on Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. 
YouTube, wherever your heart desires. Most of them are URL, you know, youtube.com backslash sales rebellion at sales rebellion, Instagram and Twitter, right? It's easy to find me. Come and come and hang out. Look forward to meeting people. All right. Thanks, Dale. Thanks for the interview. And uh, I'll see you on LinkedIn. Appreciate you, bro.